take it out to Ephesians 2. From verse 8 to verse 10. Only four verses. But they're quite profound verses. So let's read. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that even this morning as we celebrate the Christ Mass, we celebrate the gift of Christ in the manger. Your gift of redemption in each one of us. Father God, we lift up your word this morning and we just pray that you'd make it real to us. Make, give us each revelation where we're at. That each may leave here this morning spiritually nourished and ready for the world and the place in which we find ourselves. In the season ahead, Father, we just know there's ample opportunity to Share your word, whether it be the walk of hope or family members that just need a kind word and, and restoration and renewal. Father God, help us to be agents of your change. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last night, Shannon and myself had the had the privilege of being invited to Belleville to go and attend a function. Uh, a husband and wife team, quite dynamic, quite charismatic, and they put on a dinner. Uh, they had over 200 of their friends, and the dinners, they do it free, but everybody puts in $50 as a, as a cover charge, and he donates it to charity. And just walking around and looking at the gentleman's vision, he does all sorts of weird, he turns planes into barbecues, and, you know, really just, you know, just at a different level. And I marveled at God's creation in a human being's story. Revelations 12, one of my favorite scriptures. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, that you shrink not back from death, that you'll overcome him who's in the world. What does that mean? The blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, by Christ. Jesus Everything in the universe revolves around Christ. The word that created all things. And you and I are in orbit around Christ. You who put your faith in Christ, you're now in orbit around the, the Son of God. You're not the center of the story no longer. Once upon a time, you probably were the center of your own story. It's a good guess on my side. Because once upon a time, that was my game. You know, I was going to be successful. I was going to do this, I was going to do that, and all these things. And It's amazing what you think in your early 20s, right? Today we live in a world that doesn't seem to need much of God's grace anymore. Once upon a time when I first got to Canada, I shot myself, we were at the, the Dorian Bible Camp, and we were speaking to young people. And we were brought up the, the concept of sin. 
And I noticed there was a great sort of confusion as to this discussion around sin. What is sin? Is sin even real? And a lot of them, a lot, for a lot of people in our modern world, the concept of sin really isn't there. Why do you need grace if I'm not really a bad person to begin with? Right? We've almost got this philosophy, and I'm taking this off uh, Rosianna White, and says, we're all good, we're all bad, the hero in our own stories and the villain in somebody else's. Yeah? That's almost like, this is the modern world, is it not? And uh, you read that at first and say, well, that's quite a clever story. Yes, it, really, it truly is quite true unless you're a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, you know that can't be true. You know? Is there such a thing as a good and a bad meal all in one? You know? Do you enjoy being the hero of your own story? Can you think of somebody who thinks of you as a villain? This week I've spoken to two different incidents where Christian brothers are, are being viewed as villains by others. While the person, the people being afflicted are thinking of themselves as the protagonist of their own lives and they're the good guys. Sometimes we need a readjustment. I like to think of myself as a good guy. But I know that's bad theology. I know it just doesn't work like that. Because I'm a villain even to myself. I do the things that I know that I shouldn't do, and I do them anyway. I'm not always my best, own best friend. I look at the modern world, and people are confused as to who and what they are. I cannot imagine a hundred years ago people being confused as to their sexuality. Why? Because you'd get up in the morning, you'd be too busy milking cows and doing one. We were too busy working to be confused about the mundane things. But in that generation, believing in God was something a lot simpler. I haven't met too many atheist farmers or people who rely on the land not to be grateful. Even the First Nation people, they still believe in a creator. When you live out in the bush, you recognize that you're insignificant in this greater world. Go spend some time in the ocean, the greater ocean. My brother-in-law used to love to go deep sea fishing. And you never know what you're going to pull off a line there. But if you had to fall into the deep abyss of that great ocean, you're insignificant. In light of the universe, when you look up in the starry night sky, every single star in that sky tells a story. If you and I could momentously just move from there to there, maybe we'll be looking at the nebula, galaxy, or whatever, and then we'll be amazed. But from where we stand here on planet Earth, looking up to that starry night sky, it's the canvas. And I suggest to you this morning, Christ is the canvas. Because it's his creation. But if I took a moment to look at anything that Christ has created. If I looked at each one of you individually. In your fa looked into your face. Spent some time with you. I would marvel at what God has created in you. Because you know this body. This flesh and blood that we stand in. This is a pretty amazing piece of technology. 
It truly is amazing. You don't understand how truly amazing it is until it's not working as great as it once was. You're a pretty amazing work of art. And I can appreciate that through the lens of Christ. But you cannot revolve around yourself. To live for your own glory is too small a thing. Have you tried living for yourself? Is it truly exciting? Or is the universe somehow just so much grander, so much richer? And in light of working or living for your own glory, then people say, is fate getting what you deserve or deserving what you get? Hmm? One of the big philosophical debates. If you're an atheist, does it matter? Secular humanism is the new religion. It's the fastest growing religion in the world. But it's actually really not that old. It's been there since the beginning of time. What was the promise in the Garden of Eden from the serpent? You shall be like God. You shall be like God, knowing good from evil. Do you want to be like God? No? The only deeper promise after that, you are God's. Wow. <laughs> Humility gone wrong. And I think we live in a world where many people... And I don't want to say call them narcissistic, but there's this thing when you think the world revolves around you. It's like little babies sometimes. Because we love and dote on babies so much, you, they can be forgiven for thinking that the world revolves around them. Not so. What about a little puppy dog? You know, they're given so much love and attention, they must think they're just... Obviously, I'm supernaturally amazing. Wow. I wonder if you... Thought about a person. Do you know that person that thinks you're a villain? Would you like them to vote on your eternal existence? Do you know that person that thinks you're a villain? If one day you were to stand before them and they were going to be the ultimate judge of whether you live or die, how would you how would you take that on? Would you would you appreciate that moment? That person you suddenly cut off in traffic I know I love that one and that James Bond headlights just dropped down with those Gatling guns coming out <laughs> oh somebody done you wrong recently how would you judge them what fate do they deserve are you ready to judge it's an amazing thing this judgment thing once you get into it the problem is I think once you get into it there's no end to it do you really know all there is to know to be really great at judging others or judging the world, judging the galaxy? Is it your role to judge or just to appreciate? Appreciate life, appreciate creation. It's interesting thoughts. A synonym for deserved fate is your due reward, your just punishment, your comeuppance, fair treatment, your just deserts. It's always interesting when you read Old English, just desserts. How did they come up with just desserts? Have you ever thought about that? Just dessert. I don't know. If you're, if you're a good guy, you get to have um, chocolate mousse. If you're not so great, you get rice pudding. 
Who here knows what rice pudding is? All right, good, good, good. <laughs> so, uh, so thinking, so which is better, chocolate mousse, rice pudding, your just dessert? The dessert you're going to get today depends on your behavior yesterday. Wow, interesting. So what is Paul saying? For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift from God. Not a result of work so that anyone may boast. Right? The works of your hands. That great work of art you've created. This life of yours. There's nothing to boast in you and of your works, of your I saw this, this gentleman's legacy last night was truly impressive. But one day, it's all going to be gone. It's going to be dust. You can walk around those Roman ruins and the life of Paul, the, 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 the Ephesians, that mighty town in which he was riding to it. No, it's, just, it's merely a ruin today, 2,000 years later. Wow. The greatest, mightiest works of man come to nothing eventually. But the universe, this wonderful planet on which we live, the oceans still create tides, they do their thing, with or without you. The forests of the great Canadian boreal forest, it, it continues with or without you. You and I are merely spectators. No great part of the story. But yet somehow God in all his wisdom decided he wanted to create you as a thing of beauty. Something that he wanted. This family that he desired that he was going to love with all his heart. You know, God loves you with all his heart. So much so that he gives you this gift. This gift. All you have to do is receive see salvation means rescue God says I love you so much I just want to rescue you from your own mind I want to rescue you from this place in which you think you are it doesn't matter your circumstances and you know this is my stage of the game I know there are people around us that are in stage cancer and when you're in stage cancer and you know your life is coming to an end, what do you need? Rescue. I know what I needed when I was 22 years old enough. My life was falling apart. I know I needed rescue. I recognized in this world I truly know nothing. Solar, I know nothing. Vehicles, I know nothing. Building, not too much either. What do I, what Martin, what do you know? A little bit of everything. And really not much at all. But I know, I know that I know. When you don't know, you need to go to somebody who does know. And that is Christ. I was thinking this morning, even if you don't know Christ and you want to be a disciple, just read his stories. Just read what Jesus says. Go and read the Sermon on the Mount. Even if you're just a philosopher and you cannot be a Christian because you don't believe in all this religion stuff, just go and read the Sermon on the Mount. Just go and spend some time. You're not dealing with a, a normal individual here in Christ. You're dealing with somebody who's been there, done that, and understands something. 
And so the cheat I've learned in life, if anybody asks me, how do you cheat, Martin, you cheat, you submit to somebody with knowledge. You submit to somebody with wisdom. If I need to fix my vehicle, I submit to somebody I know who knows something about vehicles. If I need to know something about building, I submit to somebody who knows something about building. Electricity, hydro, find somebody who knows and you submit to their knowledge. When you submit to Christ, you submit to Christ's knowledge, you recognize that Jesus knows something about us humans that we don't really know ourselves. And the first thing is not to judge your neighbor. Because you do not know your neighbor. Your neighbor doesn't hardly know themselves either. And so we find the sermon that Jesus, show me how to love the people that you love. The people that you love with all your heart, Lord, show me how to love them. Because I don't know, I've got seven brothers and sisters and three stepsisters and, you know, a stepmom, a stepfather. Life gets really complicated with loving people. (laughs) Or maybe I'm the only one. But blessed are the peacemakers. And when you spend time with the Lord, what is your purpose in this individual? How do I love them? What, do you, what did you create them to be? And once you find why God created a certain individual, submit to the thing that God created in that person. And I promise you, you will be blessed by that. Don't expect them to be perfect. They're not. They need Jesus. They need to be rescued, just as you need to be rescued. Jesus is reaching down, taking you out of your existence and putting you in a heavenly place with him. Say, here, come stand in my presence. Walk with me. I walk in the dust of my rabbi, Jesus. He's my teacher. What a wonderful thing. It's so much easier in life if you just submit. I don't have to know, I just have to follow. Brings up a big word, justification, a good theological word. What does that mean? The act of God whereby humankind is made or accounted just or free from guilt or penalty of sin. That's a big word, isn't it? You know when you're looking for the, the, the you're doing charades or something and you've got a big word like that? It's like, oh. but God makes you just. Why? Because he loves you. It's like your little baby, you know, it's just, it's got a, a foul nappy and you change the nappy. It's mercy. It's grace. You love somebody, you serve them, you look after them. You bring them up in the way that you, they should be. And that's what God does with humanity. God desires for anybody to fall by the wayside. That's not his plan. If you read the end of the book, the book of Revelations, every nation... Every tribe, every tongue, every family. We're invited to a big party. I'm going. Are you? How many of you have ever heard of James Harriet? I want to see who the readers are. If you like reading family, and and this is one of those books, James Harriet, All Creatures Great and Small. It's about a, a vet in the English countryside. And if you... If you want to get some reading that's really light-hearted but very funny, this is the books you need to buy somebody for Christmas. And they're quite cheap, but they're old, but they're really hilarious. 
The first time my brother told me to read them, I was young, and I said, oh, I don't want to read. It's boring. But he was laughing. He'd be sitting in bed, and he'd be giggling away, and I'm thinking, you know when somebody's just giggling away at a book, it seems a bit weird? <laughs> yes, it's like that. Right? So eventually you say, okay, what are you reading? And, they, and then you also start laughing, and eventually you suddenly realize that reading is quite a bit of fun. Anyway, so this is really good reading. This is a Christmas suggestion list. But in one of these books, James Harriet comes up with a story. He decides he's going to take his wife out on a celebration. Things are going well. He's going to take his wife out on a night out on the town. They've booked a nice, fancy restaurant. And they get to this restaurant, and it comes time to pay the bill. And he realizes that somewhere along the way, he's lost his wallet. And this is not the days where there was even credit cards, right? It was a little bit earlier than that. So you had a wallet and you had cash in it. And you know, there's sometimes there was a bit of a, a joke going around. If you left your wallet, you're expecting the other person to pay. Oops, I've lost my wallet. I could see in the old days, ladies would frown upon this. The man, first date and he's lost his wallet. This is quite dubious. Anyways, but he's going on this big date and he's lost the wallet now. And it's time to pay the bill and he doesn't know what to do. And ashamedly he says he's lost the wallet. But it turns out one of his best friends phoned the restaurant ahead of time and paid the bill in full. Can you imagine what it's like? you sitting at the table, you've got your wallet, and, and like you can, and you, you know, there was sometimes in the old days there was this joke about washing the dishes if you don't pay for the bill, right? I don't really see that too often, but that's those vision that, you know, I'm trying to take my wife out on a real spoil out, and, and now we're going to be washing dishes for the rest of the evening. Wow. Only then did find, no, 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 don't worry, the bill's been taken care of. Wow. What happens if you find out that the musician that's been playing all night was also part of the deal? Everybody else is getting the benefit of this musician, but the musician is there for you and your wife because the person also paid for some private entertainment. And last night we had some, some entertainment, some six musicians, and they're playing all sorts of things and really a lot of skill involved. I'm not always a jazzy person, but you could see the skill and you could appreciate it. But you had all this input free of charge. And one of the things I've, in my own life I've, I've learned that sometimes when I get something for free, I don't always appreciate it. Like your children, right? They know Christmas is coming. Timothy is very excited. He thinks money grows on trees anyway. <laughs> it's there miraculously. God supplied all his, his riches according to my riches and God's glory. What? It's all possible, Right? If you don't know, you don't know. But as we get older, we recognize the price of things that we get for free. But do we always truly appreciate it? But that moment in time when you and your wife are blessed through somebody else's goodwill. And trying to understand that the price that Jesus paid on that cross, knowing he's coming to earth and he knows where he's going on this one. I don't see myself signing up for a hundred lashes or getting my beard pulled out. I think Jason said it this morning so well. If that moment had to come where I had to deny Christ, I just pray that it is a bullet and I can say, Lord, I'm in your hands. But boy, 
that which we get for free, sometimes we take for granted. And we've got to renew our thinking on that one. Sometimes I believe humanity has taken God for granted on this one. We don't no longer appreciate it. Verse 8 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. Don't you love that one? We are his workmanship. You're his workmanship. I'm his workmanship. My Timothy is God's workmanship. God will use the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. But you were created for what reason? For good works. For who? Who are these good works to be going for? Like the gentleman who pays for that meal secretly. We can do all sorts of good works in this world. Because God, when he created you, knew what he was doing. You're not a mistake. Your chromosomes are not a mistake. The way you look, whether you're bald, long-haired, doesn't matter. God knows exactly what you need to be. He knows where you're starting, where you're going to end off. None of it is a mistake. What must you do? Embrace this life that you've been given. Enjoy it. It's not a punishment. And every single human being around you, whether it be a villain in your life or a protagonist, every single one of them is your blessing. Even your enemy is your blessing. You know why? Because iron sharpens iron. When somebody is doing you in, or you're troubling you, do you know what happens to your prayer life? It suddenly improves, does it not? And any person leading you to the throne of God has to be a pretty good person in God's book. And so God allows us to go through hard times. Because the problem with us human beings, we take things for granted. When things are going so well, we don't really need God. And so we, we, we forget to phone him. It's like old age in, the, in this time of Christmas. I, I remember Shannon was working with the retirement centers. Come Christmas time, a lot of the kids were out gallivanting all over the world. But they would leave their mothers and fathers in these retirement centers over Christmas. And they wouldn't even tell their parents that they would be away. They would leave them there on Christmas Day. These old ladies would get dressed up because their children would never leave them on Christmas. And then all of a sudden, Shannon knew that by midday, the parent, they knew, Shannon knew that the parents, the children wouldn't be coming and she'd have to coax them into the dining room to have a Christmas meal. It's easy to take things for granted. And so we forget about the people who got us where we are today. We take it for granted. And in the West, we've taken God for granted. We call it religion. God never wanted it to be religion. He wanted it to be a relationship. <laughs> it's really quite simple. When I call upon God, it's not religion. I say, Lord, I need you today. Let me walk. Allow me to just be a blessing to the people around me. Be a blessing to you. Be a blessing to my family. Even on the other case, Lord, help me to be a blessing to myself that I follow your words. Your ways are true. God knows what he's created. And you know, God created us to be quite creative as well. Charity is the root of all good works. What is charity? A handout? That's what it's become. Little ring the bell and put some money in the kettle. No. Charity, the word means love. The 
word love, joy, peace and hope. Love. Charity is another word for love. When you love somebody, what will you do for them? Anything. Your child who loves you dearly, I'm stuck on the side of the road, what will you do? Oh no, just sort yourself out. Dads, wait there honey, I'm coming. And you realize, I should have taught my daughters to change a tire years ago. (laughs) But do you leave them there? No, it's a privilege. When somebody phones you, Martin, I just want to, I need a chat. I'm on my way. Because loving people is really so much easier than hating people. Just want to suggest, just a suggestion. Liking people, even when they've got a, don't smell so nice because they've got a poopy bum. Yes, and you know, we've all got problems. So let's cleanse one another. Let's pray for one another because God says he will forgive. Love is the root of all good work. And why were you made, family? For good works. Sigmund Freud. I'm not enamored with the guy, but he says the goal of all life is death. And he's quite influential on our psychologists today. The goal of all life is death. Well, technically, on a technical level, that might be true. However, I wonder if that's the road that God has prepared for us. You see, God says, put my yoke on you. Jesus, follow me, and I'll show you a different way. My, my, my road doesn't lead to death. It leads to life. Come, taste and see that I am good. God's inviting you to do it his way and to see that it actually works. And I can attest that I've met Jesus on the road of life. And everybody I've met who's followed Jesus has had positive things to say. I've had no one who said, well, he really let me down in the last stretch. Because you see, I know where once upon a time I was on a road to death. Jesus came and said, Martin, you want to continue down your own path? Or would you like to maybe join me on my road? I said, okay, Lord, I've been doing it my way for long enough to recognize that my road's going nowhere quickly. And when I took hold of Jesus' hand, my life turned right there. And I know as a pastor, the only thing I can desire for each and every single one of you sitting here this morning is put your hand in the hand of Jesus. And I'll never have to worry about you as your pastor ever again. The problem is, People phone the pastor when they've forgotten to hold Jesus' hand and they don't know how to find Jesus' hand anymore. And it's about saying, Lord, I've lost you somewhere on the way here. And Lord, I really need you right now. Can you just reach out and just take hold of my hand and guide me this week, today, tomorrow? And that's why I'm just saying, wake up every morning and just say, Jesus, here am I. Give me your hand. Put your hand on my shoulder on my, you know, sometimes you, like with Timothy, you've got to put your hand on the, the, the swall of somebody's back and nudge them along. That's me. I need a lot of nudging. Even my memory is not so good anymore. That's why I need the nudging even more. 
see, we're all good, we're all bad. The hero in our own story is the villain in someone else's. That's not what Paul is saying here. He says, no, no, no. You're God's craftsmanship. He's created in you a vessel for good works. And you're going to get your little, and as we celebrate Christmas, it's about light. In the Jewish community, they, they're celebrating Hanukkah, the festival of lights. And we take our little lamp filled with the Holy Spirit, with the breath of God, and the flame that is Christ. And we go out into the world with our little lamps and saying, hey, I know where I'm going. I'm following Jesus. You want to join in? This, is, this road leads to life. And boy, what a life it is. Since serving Jesus, I've never had a bored year in my life. It's always been exciting. You never know where you're going to land up with God or who you're going to be talking to, whether it be at an airport or some obscure place. And Last night we were at a different adventure and meeting new people, and people who don't go to church, but they really enjoy the person's testimony. And so this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This Christmas, you're invited to let your little light shine. Say, Jesus, here am I. You created me for good works. Show me the way. Who do you want me to serve? Because you might be God's agent of rescue. Hey, do you need some help here? Can I pray with you? The world needs a lot of love right now. A lot of love. I can't even put on the I can't even put on the news anymore. Just gets after ten minutes, it's enough already. Put it down. I've got my news input for the day, and just start praying. Oh Lord, reveal yourself to your children on this planet. These people that you are so mindful of. Lord, I pray for their salvation, their rescue. Humanity, we need God just so badly. I need God so badly. I'm going to invite the worship team up, but you know, we say in Canada what we say, the true north, right? The true north. Christ is our true north. The word is our compass. But God is never far. He is in all things. He's omnipotent. He knows all things. To reach out to God is the easiest thing in the world. Let's close our eyes this morning and let's just surrender ourselves this morning to the bliss of being God's children. Father, I just thank you for every precious child sitting here this morning. This person created in your image. This person created for good works. Father God, thank you so much that you created us to be a blessing in the lives of others. And I pray in this season that you will give us an opportunity to serve people and to be a great blessing to those you love. Give us supernatural wisdom, we pray, in just saying the right words, doing the right things, that, Father God, you would bring in the harvest. And, Father God, so we pray to the Lord of the harvest to send in your workers and say, Father, we just are so privileged that you are at the center of it all and and we can merely gravitate towards you. And then in all things, Father, we pray that we can love you like you love us. That we can love our neighbor like you love them. And Father God, for this gift, we ask of all the gifts for this Christmas, this is the first and greatest gift we would ask of you. To love you like you love us. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.